TurboTax maker Intuit looks ready to buy Credit Karma, and a deal might be done by the time you hear this. But what's really going on behind the scenes? We'll ask that and much more from a thought leader with a front row seat because he runs another fintech company. George Kurtica from Joust joins us today on Money with Friends. Welcome to Money with Friends, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. Hey, I'm George Critica coming at you live from Austin, Texas. This is the podcast where George and I are going to cover a recent story ripped from the financial press. Today, we're tackling one from uh, MarketWatch and the Wall Street Journal. Not only do we read them like some podcasts, but we dive into how these affect you, your wallet, and what you can do to invest, save, and pay down debt more effectively. And if that's not enough, we'll also share a big idea at the end of today's show that you can take with you to be better off with your money all in less than 20 minutes. Today's show is brought to you by Tiller Money. Your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated every day. Only Tiller Money automatically updates spreadsheets with your daily finances so you can manage your money with the greatest control. You can try it for free at TillerHQ.com. And if you decide you'd like it, if you use our link, TillerHQ.com forward slash MWF, you'll get 20% off your annual subscription. That's TillerHQ.com forward slash MWF. Well, good news to all of us. We didn't scare George Kurtico away yesterday. Stock market down. I thought you might go hide under the bed, George. No, I, I tend to play the long game, Joe. <laughs> well, I think if you're a fintech founder, you got to think about that every day, don't you? We're playing the long game, guys. Playing the long game. Yeah, you know, listen, you, you become more resilient uh, when you're a fintech founder backed by venture capital money because uh, you never know when it's going to be there. It's going to dry up, but um yeah, it's been a, it's been sort of a record year for venture capital investment, and 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 even now, looks like M and A. No one's really going the IPO IPO routes anymore. Uh, it seems. Um, and, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, let's dive into that here in just a second. And actually, before we even get to that, let's talk about your fintech. Since we're going to be talking a lot about fintech, I know that people that listen each week have heard of Joust before, but somebody might be new to the show. Uh, but tell everybody about what you guys do. Yeah, so Joust is uh, we're, we're a mobile banking platform that uh, combines invoicing, uh, payments, and a really cool product we call PayArmor, which allows you to essentially guarantee you get paid. Uh, freelancers often don't get paid or you know, severely uh, delayed payment. With a click a button, we underwrite that transaction and we pay you. So essentially, we're buying your invoice. It's factoring. Uh, it's our cool product called PayArmor. It's all in- included in the uh, in the Joust platform. So. Uh, we wanted to solve that problem of non-payment for freelancers, and, and that's what we're doing. Well, it's interesting. Credit Karma trying to solve a lot of uh, different problems, and now maybe part of Intuit. So let's jump on that right now. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Andy from Derby, Vermont. The Money Talking Party starts now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right. Today's piece comes to us uh, is from the Wall Street Journal. We got it via MarketWatch. Uh, this is uh, written by Carol Lombardo and Dana Simaluka. Uh, and it's titled Intuit, Eyes Credit Karma and What Would Be Its Biggest Ever Acquisition. George, you mind doing the honors? Yeah. Intuit Incorporated is nearing a deal to buy personal finance portal Credit Karma Inc. for about $7 billion in cash and stock in a move that would push the bookkeeping software giant further into consumer finance According to people familiar with the matter, uh, the maker of TurboTax could announce a deal to buy privately held Credit Karma 
by the end of today, probably when the markets close. Uh, this is Monday, by the way, that we're looking at this. Assuming talks don't fall apart, people said, uh, Credit Karma was valued at roughly $4 billion in its last round uh, of private share sale about uh, two years ago. The deal would mark into its largest acquisition by far in its 37-year history and the first sizable transaction under Chief Executive Sasan Gudarzi, who took over a little more than a year ago. Credit Karma offers its customers free access to their credit scores and borrowing history. Alerts to possible data breaches, credit monitoring, and tax preparation and filing. Customers, in turn, receive offers from other companies for credit cards and loans tailored to their credit history. And Credit Karma makes money when customers use those products. Interesting, interesting thing here. I I guess I want to kick it off this way, George. When you and I were talking about this piece um, and talking about, you know, uh, uh, this headline, you remarked that this is kind of a big change for fintech now, where fintech historically looked at going public. And now it looks like instead of going public, they're looking at maybe bigger companies taking them over. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had in this past month, I guess, in the last 30 days, uh, Plaid, uh, a fintech data aggregator selling to Visa for over $5 billion. Um, and, you know, you can't, can't help but wonder if, if you know, the, the sort of failed WeWork IPO and, and sort of the, the disappointing Uber IPO has affected, um, you know, IPO strategies. Um, you know, we've seen a few other fintechs in the past go public, Lending Club, uh, comes to mind, and, and they made news also by uh, by acquiring a bank, right. which is a little crazy. Um, that deal's going to take a little while, and probably a little bit be up to regulatory scrutiny. But you know, at the end of the day, um, I think what we're seeing here is is um, companies staying private longer because there's a lot of money in in private equity and venture capital uh, to keep these companies going longer, so they don't have to divulge their their you know their their losses because generally there's a lot of losses in these you know in these companies they're they're putting a lot of money in in order to generate revenue um i think uh, plaid was maybe a 10x multiple i'm not sure but um you know this is this is a this is a surprising move also because you know into it um you know they're they're sort of catered to you know the small business and 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 credit karma is primarily a consumer play um so it'll be interesting to see what kind of new products we get out of this. That's what I was wondering. I mean, just just put yourself, obviously, neither you nor I know what Intuit is thinking with, with this move. But but it seems to be this is diversifying the income stream, I would think, looking at maybe making it so that they're not as reliant, especially with the latest tax law change. You know, with the latest tax law changes, you know, George, there aren't as many deductions people can take that they used to be able to take. I, I would have to guess, to some degree, that hurts a product like TurboTax. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think, you know, when you're only your revenue is only geared towards sort of like one quarter, you know, <laughs> tax season every year, you have to di- diversify and think about other ways in order which to, um, to to generate revenue. And I think having, you know, listen, I, I worked at, you know, JP Morgan Chase. Chase is one of the biggest line items on their marketing budget is, is Credit Karma, right? They originate a lot of credit card <laughs> applications for those Sapphire cards through Credit Karma. And so, you know, back in the day, you used to have to pay to, to, to get your, your credit report. And, and, you know, they've built a really great product and getting your ac- access to your credit report and then helping you sort of fix your credit and then lead genning you into, you know, uh, banking products. And, and I think that's, you know, that's something where, uh, you know, I think Credit Karma becomes almost like an ad network for banks. Sure. Right? You have to advertise on Facebook. You have to advertise on Google. And if you're a bank, you have to advertise on Credit Karma. 
I think it's a strong move for Intuit. Which which brings up the Credit Karma point of view here. Let's say that I'm a member of Credit Karma's board. Let's say something similar happens with with Joust. What are the primary things that you're thinking about besides that? Sounds like a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, you know an interesting thing is you know your board is 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 sort of wondering how are you know you're going to get are you going to stay a standalone sort of company inside this large behemoth are you going to get integrated somehow you know i think uh, turbotax do have a consumer product that is called turbo that's very similar to to credit karma i mean it's it's their credit karma um you know and and as a you know turbotax customer a quickbooks self employed user um it is something that that they advertise to me now it's probably not doing so well which is why they're looking to uh, to make a 7 billion dollar move um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know what this is, it's, 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 um, uh, it's a way to leverage distribution, right? Into it's a household name. They've been around for 30, I think, 37 years or so. Uh, it's really hard to acquire customers, you know, uh, in going straight to market, right? You have to Google Facebook, you have to build a brand, stadium, naming rights, all these things. And it's just a lot easier to get distribution through, you know, these household names. And so that's, you know, that's sort of what you're saying. Also, regulatory, you know, burdens, right? If I'm, I'm on our, if I'm a, you know, well, I am on our board, but if I was a board member, you know, one of those things is how much money is it costing you in regulatory compliance and burden and, oh, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, Credit Karma did launch, uh, did launch a, um, uh, a savings product, right? I mean, uh, and so you have, you know, you have these sort of, you know, you're getting into adjacent, you know, financial vehicles, you're going to be regulated a little bit more. Sometimes it's just easier to like, you know, hit your wagon to, you know, to another to another train, right? And I think that's that's what we're seeing with with Plaid because they're handing a lot of banking data and who better to handle banking data than, you know, Visa? And I think you're going to see that here. Rebecca quite rightly says, I don't think this is as good for me as a as a as a consumer, I think to her point and yeah, and I think maybe that's it, right? You know, you're seeing like data, people holding on to data, these large corporations, and and it's in order to serve you, you know, more tailored products. Now we in the banking world used to call that personalization at scale, um, but at the end of the day, it is your data that they own, and they're trying to tailor it so it doesn't seem creepy. But at the same time, you're going to get an ad or something served up that 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 offers you a credit card, and that's how they're going to get. That's how they're going to drive revenue. So. You know, creepy or not, it's 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 sort of a a, a fact of, of of you know constantly trying to grow your business and and into it's making I think a smart move. I didn't I didn't think about the fact that you know uh, any company has customer acquisition cost and Credit Karma's got to come with a heck of a lot of customers. I would think you write a ton of data and you probably do that versus the the, the cost and the slow ground game of you know a social media strategy or whatever it might be like getting a ton of people yeah. all at one time way 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 more cost effective. And there must be some, I would imagine at that level, they have some math equation they use uh, d- d- to figure out what that, what, what a reasonable cost would be. Yeah, indeed. Having been through uh, sort of a bank uh, acquisition in the past, you know, you sort of price out these accounts and what the lifetime value is of a customer. And, you know, if your credit karma, you know, your, your customer acquisition cost is to your point, you know, uh, how much am I going to you know pay to acquire a customer on social media? You do have the banks on the back end, uh, you know, paying you to acquire that, you know, that customer sure. with that offer. So once you get the customer, you know, it's the same thing as you get those little you know, flyers in the mail that say open up your account at Chase for 400 bucks. You know, they're probably paying three, four, you know, 400 bucks. I'm speculating here ish per, per good user. And, and so, you know, the good news is, um, you know, Credit Karma has been able to offset sort of their customer acquisition costs with the promise of a 
free credit report. You know, that's that's the free, you know, uh, the catch. Um, and on the back end, they make, you know, a couple hundred dollars pop from from a bank. It's just, you know, how deep can you go with that? And I think I think what it is here is, you know, you got the cross sell opportunity. You're you're an Intuit TurboTax customer. You're QuickBooks self-employed. That's their fastest growing product. The lines are blurry, sort of why we started Joust between small business and sort of solo entrepreneur and consumer. And so I think what they see here is maybe an opportunity to cross sell uh, into other, you know, from in one Intuit product to another and, and that being, you know, the Credit Karma products. How, how come we haven't seen this more? I've been wondering this for several years is on Stacking Benjamins. We've done the um, our Friday fintech segment. Why don't we see this more with banks where, you know, we talked about the reverse bank thing going on, bank being purchased by LendingTree. But why, why don't we see Bank of America doing more of these deals or Wells Fargo where they're bringing a, a, a smaller company into the bank? Because um, it seems like a lot of things that, that that you guys do. I mean, you know, Joust is an example. Uh is, is is a capability that you don't see at the at the big banks. Why 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 isn't this more prevalent? Yeah, and, and you know, very very good point. You know, I think one thing that banks are going to sort of wait and see. In, in you know, interest of, of disclosure, you know, I worked in big corporate strategy at a big bank, and you know, you you look at these spaces all the time. You say, okay, what are we going to do about this? You know, giant freelance economy that sits between sort of consumer banking and business banking, but you need a little bit from business banking, you need a little bit from consumer, and that product just doesn't exist. This is where you kind of go to market as a as a entrepreneur and you start a company and, and, and attack that market in the hopes that you can grow it into something that maybe does one day, you know, become a household name, becomes an IPO, or maybe a bank will acquire you and try and build that product out the, the you know, uh, in-house with that acquisition um, but you're right, you know, banks have all this liquidity to deploy. I mean, the lending club deal with uh, them buying a bank, right? At the end of the day, uh, Radius Bank only has about a $1.5 billion balance sheet, and lending club originates something like $6 billion in loans per quarter. So it's not the balance sheet they're after, but it's the, regula- regula- uh, the regulatory sort of being regulated by the OCC, right? So now they can come in, get almost free money from the Fed, and lend that out. Now, Massachusetts has an nursery lending laws that cap it at 18%. You know, this is the reason why you see most lenders in South Dakota and, you know, you could have 20, 30, yeah. 40% interest. But, you know, I think this is this is the interesting thing. We're lending club now in order for their, uh, you know, their shareholders that we want to see more growth. This is going to give them a lot of opportunity to not, not only regulate themselves more, but also lend more. And especially, you know, right now, uh, you know, if you're an alternative lender, your floor is seven percent. Now they can go all the way down to almost zero, and so they could they could start giving loans out to a bunch of prime uh, customers as well. So you know, I think it's a good move, um, and and but very weird to see it the other way around. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, yeah, I would have thought yeah. it would have been Radius buys Lending Club. Sidhu's uh, also hanging out with us, uh, George, and says, I believe Credit Karma is a free tax prep service. Do you think this Intuit move was, at least partially, driven by this potential up-and-coming threat to their premium tax prep empire? I mean, p- possibly, I would I would have to think, especially last year, George, we did a story about how Intuit got busted, not just Intuit, but some of the other companies got busted for hiding the free tax uh, uh, filing stuff, right? You could do it yeah. through them, and they were working with the government, but they made sure you had to go through a lot of hoops before you didn't pay yeah you know this sort of reminds me of uh you know when when a, when a bank like jp morgan wanted to go and uh, open up branches in washington dc and boston markets they weren't in they couldn't because of the community reinvestment act rating so that was 10 years after the mortgage crisis the, the government said do not you cannot open up any any more branches it took them 10 years to repair that 
rating. And maybe this is a, you know, again, a goodwill oh. move where you're saying, hey, you know, we're going to give people something for free, their access to their credit report, help them build their credit, know what their credit is. And yeah, of course, we're going to lead Gen U into, uh, into products uh, that, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's not a bad thing. If people know what their credit score is, it helps them get better loans, lower mortgage rates, lower credit card rates. It's, it's not a bad thing if you're a responsible, you know, uh, uh, user of credit. And if they go to the same place where they found out that data, right? I mean, if, if, if they feel comfortable getting the data from that place, then they'll be comfortable with an offer from that same spot, I would think. Yeah, it's a lot about it's about trust, right? And if you trust TurboTax and Intuit every year with your taxes, you know, you've already got an account with them. It just makes sense to keep things with them. Uh, so I do think that, um, you know, it, it, it is a one stop shop type approach, um, building trust, big name brand. Um, and you're going back to the same place where you, where you I mean, this is really about the, exactly right. Like, I don't want people logging into, you know, Joust once a year. I'd rather have them logging in four times a day and right. using their account. <laughs> Same thing with same thing with the you know with TurboTax and into it right. <laughs> in, in in just a moment, George and I are going to have our big takeaways from uh, this uh, news this week. So much going on this week. And while we give uh, George a minute to collect his thoughts for his big takeaway, I'd like to talk a little bit about Tiller Money because Tiller HQ is where I go to uh, manage my money and to take a look at how my budget is, is doing. You know, I've used a lot of different apps like Mint is an example. And every single app seems to have things that I don't like about them. And in the past, I've just had to kind of ignore those. But with Tiller, because it's based on a spreadsheet, I can literally delete the parts that I don't like and just use the pieces that I do like. So for me, I like my budget very, very uh, big categories and just have a general idea of where I'm headed because I like going fast. Not usually a spreadsheet, what you would think of as a spreadsheet guy, but because it's a spreadsheet, I can dumb it down to this basic budget that I like to have. However, I know many people that use Tiller that like lots and lots of different charts and graphs and more data because it's a spreadsheet. They can also do that. So whether you like it easy or you like a lot of data, Tiller is for you. Whether it's Google Sheets or Excel, you get to choose. Tiller works with both of them. You press a button once a day and it will download all of your accounts into your budget. There's a whole community of people making, by the way, different sheets for you to start from so you don't have to start from zero. You can try it for free at TillerHQ.com or head to TillerHQ.com forward slash MWF and you will get uh, 20% off your annual subscription at Tiller Money. It's TillerHQ.com forward slash MWF. All right, George, it is that time, my friend. What's our big takeaway here? All right, I've got... A two-part takeaway. If you're a fintech founder like me, <laughs> hey, things are looking good. You know, Plaid <laughs> <laughs> acquires, Plaid gets acquired by Visa. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Credit Karma getting acquired by Intuit. Massive, massive exits for these guys. Uh, and listen, I know a lot of these folks that have worked there personally. They've put in a lot of hard work. It's not easy. And uh, you know, I got to say, uh, they seem to have found some pretty good homes. If you're a consumer. Um, in both of these scenarios, you're giving up a little bit of data to get a good product, right? The reason why Plaid went for such, you know, quite a bit of money, it does power all of these apps that you're using, these fintech apps that folks love, uh, including, you know, including Credit Karma, right? You're linking your accounts, you're getting all of your stuff in, in one place. And I think that's, you know, that's important. You're the owner of your data and, uh, and you know, the bank, uh, like a Wells or a Chase, 
um, even though it sits there, you own it. They've been monetizing your data for years in credit cards, uh, offers. I mean, that's 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 their business. So, you know, listen, if you're going to give up a little bit of your data, I think you're going to get a great product uh, from Intuit. I think Credit Karma have, you know, have a, you know, if, if you use it responsibly and, and you're able to uh, get some great offers, I think this is going to be good for the consumer. Um, you know, if you're a person who wears a tinfoil hat, probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, it might never be good. No, might, might uh, then you might as well not be on Facebook either. That's right. Yeah, because yeah, it's a giant sinking sound there. Uh, uh, for me, I want to take this back to the personal finance thing because often we hear these deals, George, and we think, "What is this? What does this have to do with me? Or what can I glean for for, for my life?" And I think, much like Intuit thought when they were buying Credit Karma, often you have to think to yourself, "What's the cost of this?" Like, I like the fact that there are a lot of different things that Intuit is thinking here. Maybe it's more clients. Maybe it's capability. Maybe it's bringing some stuff in-house to widen the different things. We don't know exactly what they're thinking, but we do know that they're thinking about capability and they're thinking about paying for it versus developing it yourself. And often, I know when I when I see people online, they're like, I'm not going to pay anybody anything. I'm just going to go do it all myself. And sometimes it makes sense to pay because then you can move on to the next thing a lot faster. And clearly then it becomes a cost versus reward uh, equation because on other times you'll see people that pay a lot of money and they didn't really do their due diligence and they end up paying uh, a ton of money for something that easily they should have been doing themselves. So this is where that cost benefit analysis comes in. And at this point, we'll see how it all plays out, but it looks like Intuit has said, we want to, we want to pay some money, George, so that uh, so that we get some capability we didn't have before. Yeah, I, I think it's a very good point. We've seen it in the entertainment media world where mergers haven't worked out very well. Uh, but I think in, in finance and banking, uh, this is one situation where I think it's going to work out. I heard a rumor that if somebody were an entrepreneur or thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, that there's this company out there that might be able to help them not only with their banking, but make sure they get paid on time. Say that's not, is that true? Ah, uh, yeah. You know, this awesome company is called Joust. Uh, I just so happen to be the co-founder. And uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're making sure that you get paid as an independent contractor, freelancer. Um, we bundled in an invoicing tool into a bank account. We allow you to uh, collect payments. We give you a merchant account and it's all in one. It feels like, it, you know, you're, you're guaranteeing your payment. And that's the biggest problem, uh, you know, that freelancers face is, is the inability to have a steady income. You couldn't go to a chase uh, and get a mortgage, uh, even if you make, you know, a decent amount of money because you're not a W-2 employee. And so we're all about supporting the future of work uh, with our product and giving access to uh, liquidity, to capital uh, in a way that feels like um, you're buying a plane ticket on orbits or, or kayak, whatever. Those are still around, but that's Joust. Uh, and that's what we do. And you can find us, uh, try it at joust.com uh, forward slash MWF. we got a great deal there. Uh, we give you some uh, free payments processing credits. So uh, go ahead and check us out there. I gotta, I, I gotta say, I was thrilled when uh, you agreed that you'd be part of our of our uh, cast this time, and I was thrilled that you guys would work with with us. It just, it, it's as you and Bobby and I and and your team, uh, Vicky and Rena, we had a long discussion about not getting paid, about how uncomfortable it's been we when did. Bobby and I have not gotten paid, and uh, you hear that all the time from people. So, and by the way, we'll end this on a on a on a note. Uh, Rebecca's starting a rumor. She said Stacky Benjamins puts in a buy bid to buy Jows for ten billion dollars which makes the fintech exchange go through the roof rebecca's got my last three hairs going away there 
that that might just be <laughs> might just be a rumor, Rebecca. Not nothing to announce today, right? <laughs> yeah, we will we'll be accepting higher bids. <laughs> all, that, all, all that you're not going to go for all that big podcasting money, George. Come on, right? I know, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> all that all that great money that's in podcasting. No, it's all about the art podcasting, and I truly hey. appreciate the art of podcast. You do a great job, Joe. Well, thank thanks you. for hanging out with us today. By the way, George will be back again next month, uh, but Bobby is going to be back tomorrow with me on behalf of george i'm joe we'll see you next time back here at money with friends bye-bye this show is created and hosted by joe saul and bobby rebel and is a joint venture of brk media llc and stacking benjamins llc copyright 2020 Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.